want to take a few moments to tell you about a fantastic service called Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. Fiverr is an online marketplace where you can find the perfect freelance services for your business. Logo design, website customization, voiceovers, social media outreach, illustration, translation, data entry, book cover design, the list goes on and on. Enjoy the best for any budget. Quality work done quickly. Protected payments every time and 24-7 support. Click the Fiverr affiliate link in the show notes and any purchase you make directly benefits this podcast. Fiverr, it starts here. By the Fire Podcast presents The Heart Speaks. Written and performed by Dave Smale. Chapter 32, Divine Clues. I'm telling you, I was screaming in the radio. Stop! What are you doing? Holloman declared. Man, I knew it, said Tyrone. Well, it's not the way I would have gone about it, but nonetheless, thanks for your help. I've got enough to move forward, I think. Tyrone nodded. Anytime. And I'll look into any possible connection Thompson's got with Vale and Bullion, said Holloman. Thanks. He left Holloman's office moments later, after they wrapped the outbrief. On the way home, Tyrone couldn't ignore the internal conflict. One half of him felt that Thompson was a terrific father who'd done whatever it took to keep his daughter alive. Tyrone wondered, if he were in the same position, would he have taken to the black market to save Jella? Definitely. On the other hand, the police officer side of him screamed, Thompson broke the law. He put his child in greater danger with that black market heart. Skyler should be taken from him and he should go to jail. A few blocks from home, Tyrone decided to resolve the conflict. He turned into the parking lot of the church. Being a Thursday afternoon, no one was in the building. Tyrone had a key and let himself in. He shot a quick text to Keisha, letting her know what he was doing, then got down to the business of prayer. After thanking God for his grace, mercy, and provision, he prayed fervently for Skylar's heart to heal. Afterward, he said, Father, I'm conflicted. Please give me wisdom and discernment about this thing with Durrell and Skylar. Was I right to help Holloman? Was Durrell right to get a heart for Skylar the way he did? Or should she get taken away? Maybe split custody with her mother? God, please help me. I'm so confused. Evil comes from the heart. Tyrone heard. The voice was not his own, but one barely audible. He'd no sooner realize the voice was divine, that his mind's eye was flooded with images. Thompson telling Tyrone how he'd obtained the heart. 
Lieutenant Vale, and Dr. Bolian leaving Thompson's house, praying with Channing at the revival a few nights prior. Blood cries out to me from the ground. The divine voice said, Where had he heard that phrase before? He concentrated for a few moments, then recalled Pastor Turner's sermon about the heart transplant patient and the unresolved murder. In that sermon, he'd also mentioned that transfusion recipients had taken on the traits of their donors. Blood cries out to me from the ground. The phrase repeated, and then he remembered. The Bible, after Cain murdered his brother Abel, God came asking where his brother was. Cain replied, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? God's reply to that was, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Tyrone stared at the floor, baffled. What did it mean? What was God trying to tell him? Racking his brain, piecing it together, replaying the images, the divine voice, it finally hit him. God, you want me to solve a murder? He didn't hear an audible yes or no, but immediately sensed an unmistakable affirmation. Somehow, he knew. Yes, he knew for certain, though how he knew defied explanation. He was to solve the mystery of Skylar's heart. Who was the donor? Were they in fact murdered? And if so, by whom? Solving it, he also somehow knew would cause Skylar's nightmares to stop. But might it also cause her body to stop rejecting the transplant? But what did Channing Vale and Dr. Bolian have to do with it? Holloman was already looking into Vale and Bolian. But Channing? Suddenly another image came to Tyrone's recall. Skylar's words at the hospital. Why was that man in our class? She'd clearly been referring to... Jerry? What he have to do with this? Tyrone asked. It was as if God himself were building the case file, depositing leads into Tyrone's mind. He recalled Skylar's bone-chilling scream the moment she'd come back from the nurse's office during the career day demonstration. But... Why? Tyrone sputtered, confused. A noise behind him shook him from his thoughts. A door latch. He spun, nerves on edge. Pastor Turner was entering the building. Tyrone breathed a sigh of relief. Hey, Pastor, he said. Turner smiled. Tyrone, how are you? He asked in his signature rasp. Tyrone considered telling Pastor about the whole situation, then reconsidered. Doing fine. Just praying before I head home and do some more job hunting. Okay, okay, Turner replied, nodding. How's that going anyway? Uh, haven't had any callbacks the last few days. Not even from that anti-trafficking outfit you told me about? Asked Turner. Harriet's Hope? Nah, even if I did, I don't know, Tyrone said. He still hadn't made up his mind whether to take up that line of work. Well, just keep praying. God's got something for you, I'm sure. Turner said, smiling and making for his office. Yes, he does. That's for sure, Tyrone thought. 
Hey, Pasta, said Tyrone. Turner stopped and faced him, raising his eyebrows. Can you tell me the name of that book again? The one from your sermon last week? About the heart? Tyrone asked. Which one? I used a few different ones, Turner replied. The one where the girl got the transplant and they end up solving a murder, Tyrone replied. Oh yeah, wasn't that something? It's in my office. Hang on, I'll get it for you. Moments later, Tyrone was on his way home with a copy of The Heart's Code, tapping the wisdom and power of our heart energy by Dr. Paul Pearsall. His mind now set on the case like glue. But could he really call it a case? It wasn't as if he were a detective or a P.I. Heck, he wasn't even employed. Did he have the resources to expend on a case ostensibly assigned to him by God? Just wait until he told Keisha. Sorry, I had to empt out our savings, dear. God told me to track down a killer. First things first, he needed a job. He could chase clues in his spare time, like Holloman had done when he worked Jealous Murder Case pro bono. Holloman. Tyrone remembered that he'd been given a job offer to work at the former cop's PI firm. But even as the thought crossed his mind, the familiar nausea set in. Obviously, he wasn't supposed to do this mission in any official capacity. This would be a fully volunteer endeavor, which presented its own set of obstacles. For example, jurisdiction, as in he had none. Tyrone arrived home, kissed Keisha. and sat down at his laptop to begin job hunting. So how did it go? She asked. He summarized what he could, leaving out details like Vale and Bolian leaving Thompson's house, and the whole thing about his new assignment from the Lord. Tyrone got choked up when he spoke of Skylar in the hospital bed. All them tubes and wires, he said, but at least she alive. For now, he thought. Keisha kissed him on the forehead, then said, you job hunting? Yeah, why? I thought you were going to take that one job, that Harriet Tubman one. Oh, Harry's Hope? Ain't her back, but he trailed off. What's wrong? Still ain't made up my mind. If they call me back, that is. I know you don't want me to do it. I don't know. I talked to Pastor about it. He said I should just pray. Keisha stared at him for a moment, giving him a look that he couldn't read. It might have been... I'm touched that you considered my feelings, or it could have been frustration due to miscommunication. Before he could ask her about it, she said, What's that? She gestured toward the book Pastor Turner had let him borrow, which sat next to his laptop under his keys and wallet. Oh, Pastor let me borrow it. She gazed at the book for a few moments. That's the book he talked about in his sermon, right? The one where the girl got a transplant and they caught a murderer? Yeah, Tyrone answered, nodding. I asked him about it. Just curious, you know. Curious? About what? She asked. Tyrone told Keisha of what he'd learned. That Skylar's medical condition was due to a black market heart transplant. That she'd been having nightmares of being killed. During prayer, he hadn't been able to shake the feeling that there was a connection. So he thought he'd start by reading more of Dr. Paul Pearsall's book. When he finished, Keisha sighed. What? He asked. Ty. 
She said, you ain't a detective no more. I know that, but you treating this girl, Skyla, like she a case to be solved. Like you trying to right a wrong, Keisha said. He stared at her. He was trying to right a wrong. What was wrong with that? Why you keep trying to bring her back? She asked. Tyrone frowned. Huh? Bring who back? Jella. He flinched, screwing up his face. What you talking about? He said. You wasn't allowed to work on Jella's case, Keisha continued. So you trying to make up for it by solving another crime involving another ten-year-old girl? What crime? He asked. Exactly, she said. You got no crime, so you inventing one. Chasing made-up leads. I mean, hot transplants and nightmares, Ty? Really? Keisha, Tyrone said. You jump to conclusions. All I'm doing is reading a book. She narrowed her eyes at him, unconvinced. Come on. I know you. Something else is going on. Tyrone knew he couldn't tell her everything he'd learned, nor did he feel that he could reveal all that God had spoken to him in prayer. For now, he thought it best to keep it vague. He shrugged. Baby, he said, I think I'll always be a cop deep down, and we both always gonna miss Jayla. But I was just curious about that book. Plus, I ain't got time to be investigating anything. Tyrone felt a tinge of guilt. Though his words were true, he didn't have time to investigate a murder. It didn't change the fact that he'd been more or less instructed to do so by God. I'm no P.I. I ain't Holloman. It was cool to help him out, but I gotta get back to find the real job. One that pays. Keisha raised an eyebrow. Okay, she said slowly, still obviously unconvinced. She left the room returning to whatever it was she was doing before he got home. Probably his laundry, he guessed. Tyrone searched the job listings, but nothing looked promising. It wasn't long before the case again took center stage in his mind. Evil comes from the heart. Blood cries out to me from the ground. The phrases rattled around in his head over and over. What did they mean? He fought to get his thoughts under control, but soon his mind was racing. Thompson had been unwilling to entertain the notion of Skyler's nightmares coming from a murdered heart donor. Not surprising. It sounded ludicrous. But when people are truly desperate, they'll entertain the wildest explanations. Apparently, Darrell Thompson wasn't desperate enough. At least not yet. After all, he had a scientific explanation. Skyler's transplanted heart wasn't a match. He hadn't waited for the legal donor system to find her a match, so what did he expect? All he could do was wait and hope that she'd hold on until they found one. As for the donor, was there a way to find out who it was? Maybe Tyrone could do some research. But how? Where to start? Would he have to go through Holloman? Or could he file a request for information with... Who? What agency even handled this kind of thing? Was there an agency? He had no other ideas, so Tyrone googled how to find my heart transplant donor. He scrolled through the first page of nearly 17 billion results. Most looked irrelevant, but one looked like it might be helpful. It was from a nonprofit organization specializing in organ donation. It said, 
If your loved one donated organs such as kidneys, pancreas, liver, lungs, or heart, we can request a medical update on the recipient and provide information on the letter writing process should you wish to initiate contact. Wait, that don't help, he thought. That would work if Thompson got the heart legally. Suddenly, another person's words came into his mind. Keisha's. Why do you keep trying to bring her back? She'd asked, referring to their daughter, Jella. Why had she said that? It seemed that, lately, she'd had an innate ability to read him that she hadn't had before. She used to accuse him of weird things, jumping to insane conclusions. But not anymore. Even though she'd gotten upset when he'd applied at Harriet's Hope, she'd been right. And today, she guessed he wasn't telling her the whole truth. Right again. So, was he really trying to bring back Jella? Sure, he never wanted to lose the memory of her, but a thought occurred to him. In the confusion surrounding her murder, he'd filled out a mountain of paperwork. He couldn't even remember what all of it was for. He'd scribbled his signature on forms that made no sense. At that time, he thought, what does it matter? She's gone. But now that he thought of it, wasn't one of those forms something about organ donation? Maybe. He couldn't recall. Where had he filled it out? The hospital? It must have been. She'd been pronounced dead at Princess Anne Sintera Hospital. Perhaps those forms would give him a clue as to the whole organ donation process. But again, he reminded himself, Thompson hadn't gone through the system. But wait, he might not have done things legally, but that didn't mean that the organ itself hadn't been stolen from a legal donation site, did it? Perhaps he could find out whether any donated hearts had recently gone missing. Okay, he thought, but how? Who would know something like that? Someone at the hospital? Maybe, but would they answer his questions any better than a simple internet search? Nah, he thought, unconsciously shaking his head. But what if the request were personal rather than general? Hmm, maybe. He looked up the phone number for the hospital and dialed it. He asked to be transferred to the records department. He wasn't on hold long before a woman answered. Sintera Princess Anne Records. This is Alberta. Alberta's voice was soft, shaky, and friendly. Tyrone explained the reason for his call. So you'd like to know whether you signed your child's organ donation? Alberta asked. She didn't sound surprised. Yeah, Tyrone answered. It was a rough time, you know. I don't remember what I signed, what I didn't. I understand, sir. We get that here from time to time. Unfortunately, I can't pull records and tell you anything over the phone. Privacy laws. You'd have to come in. This was good. Even though he wasn't really concerned about his deceased daughter's organ donation, perhaps he could extract some information from the hospital staff. Okay, you got the records there? He asked. I can't say for sure, but if your child was... Uh, pronounced deceased here, Alberta said uncomfortably. The records would be on file for five years. Got it. How late you open? Five o'clock, she said. He checked his watch. 4.46 p.m. 
Not enough time. And we open at 8 a.m., Alberta said, anticipating his next question. Thank you, Tyrone said before ending the call. Now, how would he go there without alerting Keisha that he was doing exactly what she accused him of? He had no idea. Tyrone searched more job listings, finding lots of open security guard positions. He'd been resisting up until now, but perhaps he should give them a try. What was the worst that could happen? Not getting hired? No, getting hired, he thought. Reluctantly, he filled out an online application for Nationwide Security Solutions. Minutes after clicking the submit button, his phone buzzed. Probably a, we got your application, please don't reply to this email, email. But his phone kept buzzing. He fetched it. It was a call from a local number. Another telemarketer? Most likely, but when you were looking for a job, you had to answer the phone just in case. You never knew when Amazon might be calling to offer you a new CEO position. Hello? Tyrone answered. Tyrone Bowman? A woman's voice answered. She had a slight accent. Filipino, maybe. Yes? Hello, my name is Judy Olvera with Nationwide Security Solutions. Already? That was a little too fast. Tyrone resisted the urge to hang up, but remained cordial. Ha, how are you? He asked. Fine, thank you, Judy answered. We've received your application and would like to know if you're available for an interview. Multiple thoughts flew through his head. First, calling him for an interview when he'd submitted his application less than five minutes ago made the company seem shady. Had they even read his resume? Probably not. Did Judy know what position he'd applied for? He'd be shocked if she did. She was just an administrative type, fed information from corporate, and calling all applicants in for interviews regardless of qualification, like vacuum cleaner sales reps. On the other hand, an interview would allow him to get out of the house and go to the hospital. Uh, sure, he replied. Would tomorrow morning be okay? Judy asked. He almost laughed aloud. Sure. Judy robotically rattled off the address and the time to arrive. 8 a.m. They ended the call. Baby, Tyrone called. Yeah? Keisha answered. Got an interview tomorrow morning. She didn't reply, but appeared in the doorway a moment later. That's great, Ty, she said with a smile. I mean, it ain't the best job, security guard, but it's something for now. That's all right, sweetheart, she said. You'll be running the place in no time. He cringed. Thanks for listening to The Heart Speaks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll be back next week with another chapter. Until then, God bless and thank you. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner.
Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events, is purely coincidental.